I'm Randy Rohde, and I'm fascinated with entrepreneurs and small business owners. Plus, I love baseball. Every show, I sit down with a small business owner, and we discuss their running the bases of entrepreneurship. We throw the ball around on strategy, management, execution, and innovation. Plus, a little fun baseball talk. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Settle in, grab your Cracker Jacks, and you know what they say. Play ball! And it's a great day for a ball game. This is Randy Rohde, and you've got Running the Bases with Small Businesses. And today, we are talking to a couple. They're in business together. Not just a couple, they're married, actually. And I think you guys are celebrating like 26 years together even this summer, which is kind of fun. So congratulations on that. But you guys have been in business since 2007. So that's about 15 years. And as I was saying, what I think is a fun industry, but I'd say it because you've got a great product, but I also know that it's a lot of work. You guys are in the inflatable business, but before we hit that, um, Super excited to have Pam and Steve Korsner from Three Monkeys Inflatables. Welcome to the show, Pam, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Yeah. So married 26 years. That's that's quite a feat. Do you, you have some some marriage advice? You know how people. I have not hit that that milestone yet. Coming up, but I would say you just have to grow together instead of, you know, a lot of people grow apart in that time frame, and we've grown together. I think, would you think that's fair? I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, we're, we're both, I think not very different, but different people than today than we were 26 years ago. And the key is to, you know, as you're both growing to understand that and figure out ways to work together as you become a little bit different than you were back in the day, instead of, you know, just giving up and, and, you know, trying to move on to something else grow together. I love it. All right. And folks, you can tune in next week when we have our next chapter in marriage counseling. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's great. 26 years. So that's, that's terrific. Congratulations. But you have this fantastic inflatable business and inflatables you do everything. And, uh, you know, you sent me this list, this, you know, I, I, there probably isn't something you don't have that I can't even imagine. And there's some stuff that I think, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Like, I love that you have axe throwing, escape rooms, mechanical bull riding. And one that I think is really is, um, and especially because my son just turned 16, this distracted and drunk driving simulators. Tell us about that. When do you, when do you use that? Obviously, you didn't get into all of those things at the beginning when you started your business. I am curious What's the popularity of some of those, what I think are more kind of modern kinds of things today in your business? And why did you decide to, to kind of, I guess, maybe dabble in that? And especially the the drink driving, distracted driving simulators. Yeah. So when we got into the business, obviously we didn't have any um, aspect of doing that. It kind of fell into our lap when we bought out another business and we really loved it. Having three sons, we we love the educational part of the business. And it also gave us winter work, which was important for us being in Pennsylvania. So the distracted and drunk driving simulators are a fun part of, I think, us 
giving to the community too on making sure that safety is in mind. We work for police stations, community events, hospitals, universities, and high schools with the distracted driving simulators. And uh, it's just really a fun part of a different niche to our business. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I think you can. You've covered it pretty well. <laughs> That's good. That's part of that good marriage advice. Yeah, no, honey, did great. You know, nice job. Yeah, I think that's kind of fascinating. The 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 driving simulators, but is it big? I mean, is it a big thing? You like have to haul around in a trailer? I'm I, I've never seen. I don't think one of these things. So. Kind of like a, like, I think you usually word it better. Yeah. So if if you're you're an arcade and you see the racing games that like, there's maybe five or six of them side by side and they look like kind of the front end car. Right. It's that, but a mobile version of that. So there's a, you know, we had the seat pedals, the steering wheel and the shift are all mounted to kind of a frame, which is one piece. And each one of those is a two set. So there's two seats in each set. And then we have a box system that two TVs come out of and set up in front of you. So you're, you're in the seat just like you would be in a, in a car and you're looking at a, at a screen in front of you. So, but we can fit, we have, we have six of those. We can fit them all in a, like a six by 12 trailer. They go into like a gymnasium or a, you know, any sort of, you know, inside venue. Yeah. Yeah. Most. Well, that is a great product to be able to, to have out there for all of those different kinds of groups. So, all right, well, that's good. So I'm going to you know, like step back in time now and go through a little bit of progression. I am kind of curious. So you've been in business 15 years. So I'm guessing you've been married 26. So I'm guessing this was uh, not your first job out of college. And, you know, what did you do kind of prior to starting the business? And how did you decide I'm going to get into and inflatable rentals. Well, I'll just briefly touch on, I was a retail manager all through our marriage. I, I moved my, I didn't go to college. So I moved my way through the ranks and eventually became a store manager with Bath and Body Works Limited Corp. Loved it and stopped doing that when I had my first son. I kind of retired and became a stay-at-home mom and uh, Steve worked the whole time. Yeah. So, so I have two degrees, uh, four-year degrees, one in accounting and one in computers. Primarily accounting and finance is my background. I worked, I'm a CPA and I worked for private industry for about 20 years. But being in, you know, when I started in private industry in the, in the mid 90s, you know, it was very family oriented and, and you felt there was, there was a lot of engagement and a lot of loyalty. But I saw as the years went on, less and less of that and more and more of, you know, it's all about the shareholder and, and the employees aren't that important. So it was kind of always like thinking I'm only one pink slip away from being laid off. And I want to have, we should have something to fall back on, you know, should that happen? And kind of kept, always had that in our mind. We ended up, we had a birthday party for our middle son. He was turning, I believe, six or seven. It was in 07, August of 07. And he wanted a water slide for his first party. And we had, we looked and looked and looked and had a real tough time finding the slide. We finally found one. It was like $469, which is even a lot today, but it was a lot back in 07. So we decided we're going to go ahead and pull the trigger and, and, and bring, get the water slide. So we got the water slide. The guy showed up to set it up. He was very impersonable. It was very just like, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so here with your slide. Where do you want it? Um, told him where I wanted the unit. So he was going, kind of going about setting up the slide. And I was on the back deck, you know, getting that grill ready and setting out the sodas and stuff for the party, kind of watching what he was doing. He set it up and his slide went straight down to a pool. A lot of our slides run off to a landing and kind of have a slip and slide at the end, but his went straight down to a pool. 
which is just the design of that particular slide. But it right. seems um, safety-wise. It, it didn't seem right, though, like just dropping like 16 feet to a pool, you know. But he, he blew up an air mattress like you would go when you go camping, you would put it in a tent and put it underneath the pool, which I thought was weird. It didn't look like it was part of the slide, but <laughs> I figured he's an expert. No, then he also put a blanket out you know, around like, like a exit, regular, like a blanket. regular blanket, like you would sleep in in the wintertime, cover up with on the grass, like in front of the unit. And then, just, you know, turned on the water and left. And he's like, okay, well, I guess it's ready to go. So the kids were on having a good time. I decide I'm going to go on. I'm, I'm 6'2", 200 pounds. So I go down the slide. I go right through that mattress and smash my tailbone on the ground. So I'm, I'm rolling around on the ground in pain, like, oh, that's, that wasn't good. So I was like, well, there was only six inches of water in that's in the pool at the time. Maybe it needs more water. So I let it fill up to about a foot, tried it again, same exact experience right through the, through the water, through the pad. Oh. Around. So I stopped that. So he came back the next day, picked up the unit. And what happened with the water, if you're familiar with in our industry, if you don't put a tarp down and let the water run across the grass, it becomes a mud pit oh, where yeah. the water splashes up and the kids are walking <laughs> around. Well, that's what happened because he put a blanket down, not a tarp. So we're sitting uh, the next day looking at this like 20 foot mud pit in the backyard with my hurt tailbone and, and oh. her and I are talking and like, that was the best we could find. And we worked hard to find that. So we kind of came, we said, you know what, we could do better than that. So we started researching how to get in, how much it was, insurances, uh, registrations and licensing of the state, and then uh, bought our first three units, you know, the winter of 08 and started going with it. And originally it was just going to be kind of a side gig. And then, you know, it, it started to take off and, you know, here we are later, we got about, you know, 300 pieces of inventory now. So, wow. 300 pieces. That's quite a growth from three units to over 300 now. Yeah. yeah they're, Pam says they're kind of like potato chips. Like, you know, like you can't get enough of this one. That's what I always say. He's like quoting me now. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Wow. So, so now you flash forward. So you start out three units. What was that growth like? So now, you know, 15 years later, now you've got 300 units. I mean, you've grown a hundredfold. How is that growth? So Steve, as a CPA, I'm sure you're looking at and kind of plotting out cash flow and capital reserves and, you know, how do you expend capital to fuel growth? What was that like, I think, kind of going on that ride? So, yeah. So one of the things that I, I'm extremely number numbers oriented, I run the company by the numbers and, and particularly like cash is the most important thing to a small business in my opinion, but it, it's interesting. So our growth really for the first six, seven years, it was very slow because I was working full-time as a, you know, for in private industry and we didn't really even need the money per se, because my salary supported the household. So it was really just kind of a fun thing to do. And we ended up you know, originally, like I said, we were, we were planning on growing to maybe 10 units out of the garage, just doing it ourselves on the weekends. We ended up getting in trouble with the neighbors about year two or three, because we, we had about maybe five or six units. We were in a residential neighborhood. We were, you know, had made a couple, made some noise coming in late at night with, you know, lo- unloading some stuff and got a letter from the township that you can't have a business in a residential neighborhood. And we didn't even think about it, honestly, you know, because it was like it's our own little thing. So then we ended up having to either sell what we had or get a little shop. So we got this little two-car dilapidated garage, no power, no water, like, you know, five minutes from the house. And then all of a sudden, wow, we have a shop. I mean, it was barely a shop, but it was like, well, we got some space and we had, you know, now we have more space 
So let's And we also say that it was a blessing in disguise. We do. Like we were mad at first, but then we were like, wow, they kind of pushed us to do more with our business than Mm. we ever would have done because we were in our comfort zone. So they pushed us out of our comfort zone. And that's when we really started rolling. Yeah, because now we had some fixed overhead. You know, we had a shop, we had, you know, each month. So it was kind of like, well, now we, we should probably grow it a little bit more so it can sustain itself. And, and then it just, you know, more from there. So we got a couple more units and, you know, got some more events. And at the time we weren't even doing, you know, this is kind of old school back, you know, this is what probably 11 or 12 before like SEO and all that stuff was a real big thing. So the growth came real slow, a lot of word of mouth, mm. flyers, kind of that sort of stuff. Yeah, we did the, remember we went out in the neighborhoods with our boys and we had doorknob flyers and our boys and us would run around the neighborhood and do like a walk, like a family walk while we were doing doorknob flyers. And <laughs> yeah, it was kind of fun. Neighbors. We paid them like, I think, you know, like a quarter of flyer or something <laughs> like that to go run it up to a door, you know, <laughs> so it was fun. Yeah. So then, you know, then about five or six years in, we had moved to our second shop and then it, it really didn't, I would say start turning into a, a, like a legitimate, like, wow, this can really be something until probably year five or six, which is slow, especially in our industry. Cause we talked to a lot of new people in the industry, you know, three years in and there were, we were at year seven or eight, you know, I think, I think part of that is, is the focus because we weren't as focused on it early on. And I also think part of that is due to the new, you know, the new systems and how you can grow. I mean, if you rank obviously number one, two or three on Google, uh, you're going to get a lot more business now than you would, you know, than, than, than that strategy back in the 10 or 11. Right. Uh, right. It was totally different than it is now. That is uh, really quite fascinating. But at, at a certain point, Steve, you as the CPA, you know, realize what six, seven, eight years in that, Hey, we're at a crossroads maybe. And do you kind of leave your cushy, you know, job that's been covering the household and the needs and everything. Uh, was that a hard decision? I mean, I, obviously it's played so, out well for you, but. This is a good story. So I'm, I'm extremely conservative, you know, obviously by nature being a, a numbers guy and an accountant. So I never wanted to give up that job. I should have years ago. I, I was at a point probably in 17 or 18 where I was very resentful of both the business and my full-time job because I didn't get any time off, especially in the, in the season. It was work all day in my full-time job, then come home, do schedules and fix stuff and do routing. And then a lot of times I'm in a truck on the weekend. And I got to a point where I would say, you know, I was probably, I was a pretty negative person. Although things were going well and we had good income coming in, it was just work, work, work all the time. So we had 19 was our best year ever. And I got to put in, I got to throw in a little marriage tip there. When he was being super negative, of course, I was like, wow, I could, I could be resentful for him for being so negative but instead i would leave quotes on his desk and i would tape up quotes and things about like how grateful you should be for everything you have and i would tell him all the time like i'm so grateful we have three boys that have great health and we have each other and like i'll live in a box with you know the five of us whatever it takes so if you hate your job leave because like we'll figure it out well, it wasn't that I hated my job. It was that I didn't feel like I was giving 100% to either. I was giving mm-hmm. 70 or 75 to both. And I'm a give it 100% kind of guy. So it, it was hard for me to struggle through that. But at the same time, like I didn't want to give up the benefits and I was getting paid very well at my full-time job. So I didn't 
I just didn't want to walk away from that. So in 19, we had our best year ever and we were poised to have a fantastic year in 20. So the plan, <laughs> well, I was going to leave my job in March of 20. I was going to get my bonus in March. We had a good, a good 19. So we get paid the bonuses for 19 and 20. I was going to get the bonus, leave the job and then go full time in the business in 20. They were, my company was uh, owned by private equity. So they were preparing for sale around that same time, around actually late 19. They beat me to the punch. They laid me off in September of 19. So oh, no. it was funny because we went out to dinner. You bonus. Did they pay your bonus? Well, no, I did not get the bonus, but I got like two or three months of severance. So, right. I know. but but we were, you know, had a great 19. We were, we were going to have a great 20. We went sure. to dinner that night and high five and celebrated. This is awesome. You know, I can enjoy the holidays now nice. in 19. Don't have to worry about like, because we would go to, you know, IAPA, which is a, a trade show for our business in November. And then usually a cruise. And we that. were in the middle of buying a building. We oh. were at that time. Yeah. Um, so we were, you know, yeah, everything's cool. Um, so I, I got laid off. So I never made the decision to leave. They, they made it for me, you know, but then of course, COVID COVID in March of 20. So, you right. know, we, we had our worst year probably in the last seven years in 20. We, um, we didn't buy the building. We cause... didn't, we didn't buy the building, but we regrouped, you know, uh, we got some help with the PPP to, you know, we have always done backyard, but we, you know, we, all the events were gone, but we focused more heavily on backyards. Hmm. Uh, we eked our way through uh, 20. And then in 21, we came back and had our best. So, you know, and, and now I'm able to laser focus my efforts on the business and not, I don't feel resentful toward it because I'm able to focus my efforts. And I think I'm giving it, you know, I'm definitely giving it more than I used to give it because now I'm, I'm focused solely on it. That is an incredible so story. And I love this story because as well, Pam, where you came in and you were like, hey, I know it was hard and you were there as being supportive. I mean, first, Steve, I'll tell you, I can't imagine because I'm sure you were working two full-time jobs basically and, and then some. And But I loved the partnership, I think, that you've, you were able to underscore here on kind of how you survived it, both as a business and as a, as end in marriage. So yeah, that is yeah, different, different things that were happening to each of us, you know, like I had him in, in a low and had to, you know, like I always told him he's in a hole and I'm like, you know, you can either climb out or you can stay down in that hole, you know, but I suggest you climb out because there's a lot of good stuff up here. You know? That's good. So. Yeah. I like, why don't you climb out of the hole because we're having fun up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Wow. So tell us about the business today. I mean, you know, I kind of rattled off a bunch of stuff maybe, but if you were given like the elevator spit a speech on three monkeys inflatables, what, what, what is it? Well, three monkeys has evolved into lots of different things. Everything from, you know, bounce houses to obstacle courses to water slides. But then on top of all that, we have, you know, rock wall rentals. We have mechanical bull. I think you talked about our mobile axe throwing, which I think is super cool. That's one of my favorite, along with our 27 foot lava are my two favorite things. But then we have bumper cars. We have, did I say escape rooms? Gosh, it's hard to remember everything that we have. Giant games, carnival games, obviously this distracted and drunk driving simulators, photo booths, phone parties. There's just everything that you can think of. You know, we do tent rentals and tables and chairs, but we also do catering. So we do everything from a backyard party to a corporate event. And we have a lot of fun doing that. In addition to that, we have a great team. 
And uh, our team consists of two of our oldest boys who are the monkeys. That's where the three monkeys came from. I, I was going to ask you if, if, what the three boys, if that yeah. kind of uh, introduced the name. Yeah, that's exactly where we came up with the name is we were like, you know, we have three boys and they're monkeys and they're climbing all over. They're the typical boys, you know, and I'm the typical boy mom. And so we were like, you know what? let's go with three monkeys. And so we added inflatable to it and that's where it came from. And, you know, they're now starting to become, you know, managers in our business and, and help learn the business just this year. And we're excited about, you know, the direction that they're going to take us as well as, you know, us trying to stand back a little bit and let them, and I say trying, but we're going to try to do more coaching for them and less like, here, let me just do it. I know how to do it right, which right. is hard to do when you're working with, you know, your kids in business. But we're going to try to learn from them and, you know, and, and them learn from us. Well, just working with your kids can be <laughs> challenging, let alone in business together with them. Or, Yeah. Um, wow. So you mentioned a few of the items. I love the X-ray and we did that once. We had to go somewhere and do it, but I love the idea about having like, hey, come out and, and deliver this thing for us. So how many different, so I'm sure like some of your categories are pretty big bounce houses themselves. And and just in working with you, then I should offer and say, hey, you know, Pam and Steve have been clients of ours for, for quite some time. So knowing your categories, you have bounce house, you have water slides, you have the combo slides that kind of do both a dry slide or, and or a bounce house in there. How many of those, like how many water slides do you? Well, we get about 15 of those. So we're, I mean, we as far as water slides go in our niche, we're probably a, like probably decent for our area. But I mean, you know, compared to like people in Texas and Florida who yeah. have 60 or 70, I mean, we just yeah. don't have a water slide season that they do. You know, we got about three months. And they, they're working with like five or six months. Right. And so it, it, it's a, a big item for us. And certainly in those three months, I mean, they're out a lot right. uh, sometimes. But we've, you know, we've never turned our back on the backyard party. We never will. But we've also, our company has grown kind of more you know, a little bit more event focused than some other companies have in our market, in our, in kind of our niche. So you do, like so said, when you're saying event focus, meaning with businesses, with corporations, because I know I've seen on your, on your site as well, you've got some great images of where you've, I don't know what this thing was, whether it was a, biz, a company event or something, but you've got probably like eight or 10 different, you know, of your inflatables out and all kinds of stuff set up. I'm like, man, that just looked like a fun place to be, but fun company maybe, but yeah. You know, we'll do like camps and community events, corporate focus, uh, church events, schools, colleges, right. um, high schools, middle schools. So that that that's well back prior to nine. Well, in nineteen, that was probably about fifty percent of our market was was those sorts of events, and the other fifty percent was backyard. And then in twenty, it was all backyard. And then even last year, it was probably eighty to eighty-five percent backyard and fifteen percent event because the events kind of came back a little bit in the fall last year. Really, you know, not strong at all. And we're finally seeing this year, you know, it looks like the events are back. Schools are booking, the churches are booking for April and May. So, you know, we, we think we're in pretty good shape this year to have a, you know, it's kind of back in that 50-50 mix that we were doing in 19. 
Yeah, well, if you had 21 as being one of your best years ever, and that was primarily backyard, now if you can do that same pace and add back on your corporate, you guys are going to have a blistering 22. So, Exactly. That's what yeah. we're hoping for. And we have a lot you. of loyal um, employees that are coming back. And good, in good. fact, we, we did end up buying another shop. It wasn't the shop that we had during COVID, but we bought another shop. And now we're here in Felton and we're loving the shop. We actually, our middle son brought up the idea of like, hey, can we make like a three monkeys gym in the back? And we were like, sure. So we gave them money to do that. And they did the build out. And now we have guys that we don't usually see in the wintertime. They're coming out hmm. and they're working out together and we're able to see them and, you know, have that connection all season long um, with them. And Oh, so you're saying, so the gym is really for like some of your staff that you would normally work with you during the summer, but you've like created a space where they can come and maintain the, the connection with you during the winter as well. Yeah, so it's uh, the Three Monkeys gym for yeah. the employees, and they're gonna, you know, put banners and they want to put mirrors up and all that. It's still in in process, but but they're super excited. And right now, it's in our one electronic shop. Right. Right now, on that side of the shop, until the gym is actually fully finished and painted. But oh, that's a great. Yeah, idea. the guys are super stoked. That's a great idea. So you're in, so you are in Felton, Red Lion area, Pennsylvania. How, what is your, I guess, kind of geographic reach? Because I know we talk about yeah. like getting you in Maryland and, you know, but how, how far do you go? We actually, our main areas are central PA and northern Maryland. But honestly, we'll go anywhere if somebody wants to pay the travel fee. We love going to different places. We've been to Canada with our distracted driving simulator. We've been all over the world with that, which is so fun. My employees love it. It's great for them. So, But our general area is that central PA in northern Maryland. We go typically within an hour is just a normal day mm. for us. Wow. All right. Um, so I want to kind of go back to this point about being a family business. And sometimes that can be great. And sometimes it can also be challenging. Can you speak a little bit to either of those sides of the coin? And what are some ways that you can, I guess, maybe manage it to, to keep the peace and keep it moving in a forward in a positive way? Yeah, I mean, we've always we've always built it as a family business. I mean, it is a family business, but we built it even with our employees. So we've just made sure we have a hierarchy and it's not our boys that are the top of the, you know, hierarchy. We, we actually have a operations and customer acquisition manager, Beth, who we love and she is like family and, you know, she cares about our, our business almost as much as I think we care about it, which is awesome. And so I think, yes, working with family can be difficult, but if you make sure that, you know, if your guys are having a bad day, you're, you're touching base with them, whether it's your son or, or one of the other guys, I think they know we all have each other's back there, you know, within the business. So I think, what can you add to that? Yeah, I would add that. I know I'm probably spinning. I, I would, I would add that, you know, so I think that we've, We've had our ebbs and our flows and our ups and our downs in that as well. 
And, you know, I think in the last year and a half, we've, we've managed it better and we've learned things that, you know, back in, you know, five, six years ago, it we was, would have sweated. Well, we would have sweated more things. Yeah. And also like, we have to be out on everything. You know, we, we can't trust anybody to do anything. Like if it needs to be done right, I got to do it myself. And we've learned attitude. not to have that. And and part of that was our, you know, we, we weren't hiring well, we weren't training well, you know, since then we've developed better training processes. We've put checkpoints in along the way to make sure people are doing the right things. We've given people more responsibility and more accountability and more um, trust and more trust, which goes a long way, you know, especially with today's, you know, a generation and, and not, not certainly not just turn it over and said, okay, go ahead, go ahead at it. But, you know, put the steps in place where they can, they can be more accountable and have, have a say instead of it always being our way. And one of the things that I will add with that, with regard to the family part is like, you know, Pam and I, you know, for the last, well, probably 10 years, you know, forget about having a weekend off in the summertime. It just doesn't right. happen. You know, if your cousin getting married on, on a Saturday in May, you're just not going to be there. And we've like realized that we've made sacrifices, but we're also, as we're bringing the boys in to more of a leadership role and, and working on a slow transition for them to, you know, own the company in five to 10 years, we don't want that for them. So we're setting them up with that knowledge and saying, Hey, you know, you don't want to, you know, be a prisoner to the business. I mean, obviously, we everybody's got to work hard, and yeah, you know, in my opinion, you work harder and and uh, smarter and harder to, to if you're going to be a business owner. But you can also set it up so that you can have people that you can lean back on, and if you need to take a weekend off for something in the summer, they you support still can. that. So we're investing more in staff, paying more, doing more training, and you know, yeah, the profit might be a little bit less, but the headaches are less as well, mm-hmm. and and you can have a little more freedom. Um, right. So that's kind of. I think we're more grateful of the staff too. And I think it shows to them. And I think it also, we found that it just creates a better team. Like this year, for example, we told the guys we're going to assign them their own trucks. So they'll each have their own trucks. We didn't think it was a big deal. It's a huge deal for them. It's a huge deal that they will have a truck that is specifically theirs to use and nobody else is going to be in there. Who knew that was such a big deal, but it really was. They're so pumped about that. It's like I gave them a raise or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the little thing sometimes that you can do for your staff that really, you know, carry the most weight. It's not just always, you know, a few extra dollars, but it's the things that, you know, give them some ownership, give them some control on their environment and their workday that can be the most meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that sounds good. Sounds like you've navigated the, the family business fairly well. Now, I know I asked you earlier if you like baseball, but it's that time of the of the show. And it's time for the seventh inning stretch. Where we hit what we call the seventh inning stretch. This is our opportunity where I get to ask you, uh, you know, a little fun baseball question here that's relative to your industry. And the research team, who does such a great job in pulling this stuff together here, came, came up with the idea about bouncing and pulled out a couple of questions in regards to bounces in the baseball stadium. So we'll see if you can nail any of these. Uh, If the ball bounces in a stadium, and meaning after it's been hit, right, and then it bounces in the stadium and then goes out of the stadium, is it ever a home run? 
That's the question. If it, so if it cleared the wall in the first place, then yes, it would be a home run. All right. Pam, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think it's a home run. <laughs> as long as it's fair and, and in play and cleared the outfield wall, it would be a home run. Yes. There's actually several kind of instances that it's kind of interesting that MLB has kind of created rules around. So if the ball lands in the outfield grass and then bounces over a wall, that's called a ground rule double. So that's not a home run. If the ball hits the top of a retaining wall in fair territory and then bounces out, that's a home run. So I think, Steve, you're kind of hitting on that one. Um, If it bounces off a foul pole, it's a home run. If it bounces on the ground, then hits a foul pole and then goes out, that's a ground rule double is what that hit. And then, of course, an inside the park home run, usually it always bounces around somewhere. And so, you know, then that's dependent upon the runner doesn't necessarily go out of the stadium. Here's another little kind of a follow-up question. Let's see how you do this. If the ball hits a player and then bounces out, is that a home run? I don't think it no. would be. Yeah, uh, for some reason, I'm thinking that's like a penalty. Like, I don't know. So what I think, think? If, if, if an outfielder is trying to catch the ball and it bounces off the outfielder over the home run wall, that's a home run. Really? Yes. If it never, never, never touched the, the ground. If it bounces say, off the person's Let's glove. Let's see who's right. Steve, you got it right. Very good. It is a home run. So play resumes, you know, when everybody can probably stop laughing and and, and offer the bounce off of the outfielder. But yes, and to give you an example of this, Jose Canseco, you may know that name, um, known for slugging home runs, but one of his crazy plays actually happened right here in Cleveland in May of 1993. Canseco and the Rangers were playing the Indians. Weirdest moment in MLB history took place. He was out. Carlos Martinez hit the fly ball. Canseco is rolling back, rolling back to the warning track, and boom, pings right off of his head, and then bounces over the wall at that point, and then it was ruled... A home run. There's some great video on there. You go check that wow. out on uh, on YouTube because everybody is just cracking up and just laughing hysterically. But yeah, so if it bounces off of the player, arm, head, whatever, and then bounces out of the stadium, that is a home run. So that's the... Uh, that's the answer to that. Well, nice job. Nice job playing. All right. Well, let's get back into it. Play ball. All right. So back to our inflatable business that we have here. So you mentioned earlier that during the season, and you know we're in early spring right now, I guess, or you know, a- end of winter, early spring. And you mentioned, you know, and I can imagine your staff really swelling up. And I think in our notes, we've state that, you know, your staff during the summer can be like 25 to 30 people during uh, the season. Has that been challenging? And, and especially even in this last year, you know, finding staff, are you just able to hold on to staff? I'm curious because so many people, employers out there right now are struggling with the staffing issue. I'd love to hear your insights on that. 
Yeah, so we've always struggled with staff to some degree because, you know, what we do is is seasonal. We work long hours on the weekends. We're out late at night. We're out early. It doesn't matter if it's 95 degrees out, you know, and, and we're sweating, you know, bullets or it's 40 degrees out and raining. I mean, when, when the work has to get done, it gets done. So it, it, it makes for a difficult, you know, work environment sometimes from that regard. So that's always been a problem. But I will say, and, and 20 wasn't wasn't really hard because we were kind of slow. So we pretty much just leaned on the few guys we had, you know, me and, and my two my two boys and a couple of last year was the most difficult year we've ever had in staffing. You know, we we did better than a lot because primarily of our sons. So our sons were, were able to recruit some of their buddies. We had, I think, in season last year, we peaked out at like six drivers. Typically, like in 19, we had 10 or 11 drivers and we did more last year than we did in 20, or I'm sorry, in 19, revenue-wise. So we did more with less last year. What we did, I've always been, as a finance and accounting guy, I've always been a real stickler on overtime. Like, there will be no overtime. We'll just hire on more guys and work. Last year, we worked a lot of overtime. And I will say a side effect of that was a better quality of person, a better guy, and more satisfaction. So, you know, we are slow in the wintertime, but because guys got overtime in the summertime, they're okay with the slow in the wintertime. So I learned that lesson last year. But from with regard to, you know, we were trying to hire and, you know, I mean, it was, we would post an ad, we would get 10 or 15 replies. We were lucky if one or two of them would show up. And then if we did hire anybody, most of them wouldn't show up the first day. So there, there was, it was a real struggle for us last year. You know, I'm not sure what's in for us for this year because we're, you know, we're probably about to get into hiring season in the next few weeks. So I don't know what it's going to be like, but it, it was very difficult last year. But I will say that the staff we did have stepped up, worked the hour, didn't complain and, and got it done. You know, we left some revenue on the table because there were just some weekends. We just didn't physically have, we had the equipment and we had the trucks and we had the trailers. We just physically didn't have the manpower to get more equipment out, but it wasn't nearly as bad as some of the other people that we've spoken to that are in our niche market in other areas. For instance, California, you know, has, has been, you know, we have some buddies out there who really, and like I said, I, 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 we owe a lot of that to our boys. Cause if it weren't for, I mean, we had, like I said, we peaked at six drivers last year, two of them were our boys and three of them were our boys buddies. Mm. You know, so we had five out of six really came in because, you know, we have two boys, one's 22 and one's 20. You know, the other guys in the industry or, or gals in the industry that don't have, you know, two boys of that age, didn't have that to lean back on. Right. Anything as you're thinking about, approaching this year in this hiring season, you know, you've had some more time to kind of think about it here through the winter. Is there any new approaches that you're going to experiment with in regards to building this? Well, one, we're in better shape already. So we're actually going into the season with, I believe, seven right now, because we had two of our assistants last year who, you know, who were 17 are now 18. And they're, so we're working on doing some trailer training with those guys right now. They're real solid. So already, we're ahead of the game um, compared to, but with regard to. Um, we're actually trying to be more selective, uh, unbelievably enough, because we don't want to get, we have such a good team that we don't want to get somebody that doesn't want to be on the bus. We've found that, you know, one bad apple can ruin the whole bunch. So we don't want the wrong person coming into our team and like messing up what we've built and continue to, you know, do with them. So I don't, but to answer your question directly, I don't know that we have new ideas on how to, I mean, we were we'll paying back to some of the old, we're, we're paying a little bit more. 
um, than we have in the past. And, you know, we're doing the, the, the truck thing, which is putting more ownership in. But really, you know, we need to get people coming in the door, you know, looking for employment. So I don't, I don't know how, how it's going to go this year, if it's going to be any different than last year. But I, I am thankful that we're starting out in a better spot already. So, so the need for hiring isn't quite as bad for us as it was like this time last year. But, you know, if the events do come back as strong as we think they will, then the need is definitely going to be there. We also are in a new town. So I was planning on like reaching out to the town for their board and, and try to get, you know, their assistance and letting people know in our new area, you know, maybe we'll get some new customers out of it, or maybe we'll also get some new employees out of it. Okay. Good. I know your market, your industry is incredibly competitive in working with you guys. I just, I, I know this and I probably didn't realize it nearly as much until we started working together, but considering how competitive it is, how do you define your edge in the marketplace? And I think it would be great to, to hear this because as others are in, you know, that may be listening, we've got a, a large audience of entrepreneurs and small business owners and thinking about, you know, management and how do they compete? How do you guys maintain that competitive edge? I think honestly, we do it by just following our gut and being who we are instead of worrying about too many people worry about what other competitors are doing. Now, obviously I know what my competitors are doing. I'll periodically check, but, but not very often will I check on them. I kind of keep my head down and focus on my staff and my customers. And um, we focus and, and let our gut you know, navigate on what we purchase. And that's what defines us as being unique is that we have unique stuff because, we, you know, we have three boys of three different ages, uh, 15, 20, and, and 22, and they're all so different from each other and like so many different aspects that, you know, they became our trial run of like things like when we go to our IAPA Attractions Expo, we would have them lead us on, oh, that's cool. Like, okay, oh, that's not a cool thing to have. Okay, we'll move on from there. And then we try out the equipment. And, you know, as a mom, if that didn't look safe, you know, I use my mom gut. Other moms aren't going to like it either. So, you know, we, we look at that a lot. You know, as a mom, I use Lysol, you know, to clean at home and I trusted it at home. And that's what we ended up doing in our best for, you know, since 2007, we've used Lysol all-purpose cleaner for sanitizing and cleaning our inflatables. And it, it did me proud when COVID came out and that was one of the first cleaners listed mm. um, against COVID. I was like, wow, like, so there my mom got helped me because I had tons of stock in it because that's what we've always cleaned with. So we've always kept a good amount. So we were able to still continue to clean like we normally cleaned. I think those are the things that set you apart. You know, we're, we're being us and that's coming out in our company. We're being fair with our customers. We're, we're trying to answer everything that the customer needs us to answer on, on the website. And we're saying, Hey, you know, even though we have all this stuff out there, if you still want to just have the, you know, connection, stop by our office, call us on the phone, email us, 
We're super quick on email because I, I know your time's valuable. You got, you know, to clean the house and do housekeeping and you're holding down your job. So we make it so that you can book online at any time of the day or night so that it's flexible to your schedule. But then we also realize sometimes you're not sure what you want to book. So give us a call and like, let's talk about what you're trying to get you know, accomplished and let us make you the superstar. And that's what we've always, you know, fallen back on is we want to make you the superstar of your event. And we want to make it hassle-free so that you're not spending a ton of time trying to figure out what's going to be best. We want to know little Johnny and what he likes so that we could then give you ideas maybe you haven't even thought about for little Johnny and give us your budget and we can we can do wondrous things with with a budget. People are always afraid to tell you that. And then they realize like we can really put together some really awesome packages if we know what we're shooting for. So that I think that's what makes us unique too. Great. So you've had this incredible growth over the last, you know, 15 years gone from three to 300 units. What's in store around the corner? What do you, what do you see like in the next three to five years? Where is three monkeys inflatables going? So one, uh, increased utilization of our current equipment. So we have, you know, we, we're always looking for something new and exciting and we'll never turn our back on that. So that's one of the things that makes us unique, like Pam was saying, is, you know, we, we do have a large variety of equipment, but not that that's necessary to pull off the events we do. But for us, it's what keeps us fresh and it's what I think what keeps a lot of our customers coming back because, you know, they know we're going to give them good customer service. They know the equipment's going to be clean and they know it's going to be set up right but they may not want the same slide year after year after year. Well, we, we provide all that stuff and you can get something new from us every year. So that's going to continue to happen. So we're going to continue to keep our eye out for the next new exciting thing. But from an internal perspective, you know, when I'm looking at how we're doing with our current, you, you know, return on investment and in utilization of our current assets, we, we can do better. So we, we you know, and then on, a, on our busiest day of the year, our warehouse is still two thirds full of stuff. So that tells me that we need to continue to, you know, market ourselves, continue to do the SEO, continue to do all the stuff that Pam does and and you work on as well to get our name out there to more and more clients because we can serve more needs with the equipment we have. That's what I see for us over the next 25 years. As far as the website goes and even just the customer end of it, I think we have plans, Randy, to to make better videos when we have our equipment out there during our drying and cleaning days. My goal is to have a video for every single piece that we have so that we can really show the customer, you know, what the outside looks like, what the inside looks like. We try to get event pictures to really show them what it would look like in their yard. We try to answer the questions and we'll continue to evolve that because everything that we do is a living, breathing document. So it's continually evolved by the customer. It's led by the customer experience. So if we find that, you know, four customers are asking us the same question, then we add that into our, into our website. So we're constantly trying to make sure that, you know, we're staying in the know, but also keeping our customer in the know. That's important for us. And we do a lot of things with our repeat customers where they get first looks of any of our new equipment. We send that out a month before it even hits the website. Our, our previous customers know about it. And I think that's just right. I think, you know, 
I want to have, I want to be um, thankful or have somebody thankful for my business and that they, you know, give me a little bit of an edge for continuing to come back. And that's what we do for our previous customers is we want to, we want to thank them every year because obviously we're nothing without them, but we also want to make sure that they feel valued. I love the, the, I don't know if I can quote it exactly what you said, but uh, essentially if you get the feedback though, from the customers that you implemented into your process or in your service. And uh, I, I just think that's great advice for any business. Hey, listen to your customers, what they're telling you and learn from it and, and react, I think. And so that is great advice. So thinking about advice, we're coming down to uh, the bottom of the ninth. And this is the section of the show, really, where I really ask you, what advice do you have for the rookies in the game, people who are have had a business maybe for a year or so, or those who are thinking about going into business? What are some things you guys have been on the old bus, you're old veterans, you've been at this for 15 years in the business. What What's some advice that you could have for some of those folks, though? I would say, obviously, keeping yourself unique in your business, make sure the business speaks to who you are, and that it stays with your morals. And, and you know, it just speaks that it's you that you could tell too many people try to put too much of what they think the public wants to see in the business and just make it your own. Invest in the business how you think it will do. I think it'll do really well and taking care of your staff. And I know you probably have something to add financially. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my advice would be one, know your numbers. I think too many small businesses don't know their numbers and they're kind of, you know, flying blind. And that's, in my opinion, no way to uh, run a business and no way really to run your life. And number two is don't be afraid to go all in. So from my experience, you know, I, I lived in that, you know, three, four years of, you know, I probably should leave. I'm not doing enough here. I'm not doing enough there. And and then when I finally, not that I got the courage to leave, like I said, they, they let me go, you know, they decided for me. But, you know, when that happened, it really allowed me to clear my head and laser focus on one thing instead of a bunch of things. And, you know, it was, it was a good move. And I should have made that, I should have decided to make that move long ago. And I think a lot of, you know, especially conservative business owners hang on to, you know, the safety of something far too long when if they, if they just apply themselves to, you know, what they, what they really want to do and what they love, they could make a go at it a lot sooner and, and generally be a happier person. Mm, that's great advice. Great advice. Well, listen, Pam, Steve, I thank you so much for being on the show. And for those folks who are in the central PA, Northern Maryland region, you need an inflatable, you need an ax throwing event, whatever you, whatever you need, these people have probably have it. So go check them out. Three monkeys inflatables.com. And, uh, and again, Pam, Steve, just been great having you on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you too. All right. So folks, that's the ball game. Thanks for joining us today. And if you like our show, please tell your friends, subscribe and review, and we'll see you around the ballpark. Running the bases with small businesses is brought to you by 38 Digital Market, a digital marketing agency committed to client growth with lead generation, higher conversions, and increased sales. Connect with us today 
at 38digitalmarket.com.